Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast, which is part of the Keys to a Happier Life series and is entitled, Can We Know If We're Going to Heaven? Over the years, I've asked many people this important question. If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? The usual answers are, I hope so, no, and yes. The follow-up question helps me to know how to proceed in the conversation. Why do you think that? Some people respond by saying that they feel that they are basically good people. Others say that they go to church or try not to hurt anyone. Those who have heard the gospel and understand it reply that they have put their faith in Jesus to save them. Some who say that they have believed in Jesus are not yet sure whether they will go to heaven. Does God want us to be sure, or does he hold us in suspense in order to motivate us to keep us on the straight and narrow? This begs a larger question. Can we be truly saved and then lose our salvation? Or are we permanently saved once we're born again? If the former is true, then we cannot know for sure if we're going to heaven until our last breath is exhaled, even if we are believers. If the latter is correct, then perhaps our eternal destiny can be known while we still live and breathe here on earth. In his first letter, John wrote that we can know for sure. I read from 1 John 5:13. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. New Living Translation. This verse hinges on the meaning of two words, believe and eternal. Faith consists of at least four components, revelation, trust, allegiance, and obedience. It is not mere mental assent to a set of doctrinal facts, as some suppose. Faith is the result of an interaction in our hearts between the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. The words of God carry within them an explosive capability to release revelation and faith. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God and sparks a divine internal explosion, which results in our being able to hear or truly understand, receive, believe, and respond to what God says or what is written in the Bible. Some people call this interaction the rhema word of God as differentiated from the written or logos word of God. The key thing I want us to grasp is that people can read or hear what is written in the Bible without any attendant revelation or faith. Unless the Spirit of God is at work in in a heart that is open and receptive, God's words fall on deaf ears. 
Matthew 13, 15 says it this way, for the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes so they cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Those are the words of Jesus found in the New Living Translation. When an open heart truly hears and believes God's word, a trust in God forms. This is because we begin to see or understand who God really is and what he has done for us and will do. Love for and loyalty to God follows along with a developing obedience. Real faith always produces obedience, even if it takes a while to develop. Faith without loyalty and obedience to God is not genuine faith. Probably it is mere mental assent or an emotional response without any substance. Jesus talked about this in his parable of the sower and the seed. And I read from Luke 8:13, where he said, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, and then they fall away when they face temptation. New Living Translation. Since faith grows out of a revelation of who God truly is, faith results in our knowing God. John 17, 3 says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is a spiritual knowing. It is one thing to know about God and quite another to truly know him. It is akin to how a married couple comes to know one another after making their vows. Sex in marriage results in a deep knowing that establishes a strong emotional and spiritual bond. And when everything is working properly, children or fruit. Our knowing God is in the spirit as a result of our spirits and God's becoming one. 1 Corinthians 6.17, which allows us to commune with him and know him. Knowing God produces fruit in our lives called the fruit of the spirit. Our fruit will also be new people coming into the kingdom of God as a result of our testimony. Romans 7, 4 says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit to God. That's the English Standard Version. When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives when we believe, he bears witness with our spirits that we are God's children. 
Romans 8, 15 and 16 says this clearly. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's the English Standard Version. Now that we have explored the meaning of believe, let's think about the word eternal. Its meaning is clear based on other teachings of Jesus. On many occasions, he taught his followers that those who believe in him will never die. Simply put, having eternal life means we will never die. Or, as our Lord said in John chapter 5, we have passed from death to life. John 5.24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. That's the New American Standard Bible. This important verse also tells us that those of us who truly believe in him will never be condemned to death for our sins. Jesus already took our condemnation upon himself at the cross. A debt never has to be paid twice. As a result, we have already passed from the realm of death into eternal life. Those who truly believe in Jesus already have eternal life and will never die. John 11, 25 and 26 says, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? New Living Translation. Even though our pre-resurrection bodies will eventually cease to function, since they are still part of the old order of things because of Adam's sin, the spirit within us, the new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17, which has already been born into God's kingdom, will never die. <clears throat> it cannot because it is united with God's spirit, 1 Corinthians 6.17. It is passed from death to life and from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son, Colossians 1.13. We are now seated with Christ at God's right hand, Colossians 3.1-4. He is in us and we are in him, John 14.20. As children of God, we are part of the family of God forever. John 8, 35. The Holy Spirit is God's seal of ownership that he puts on all who belong to him. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says it well. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. 
And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. New Living Translation. God knows those who belong to him. John 10, 27 through 30. So do the angels and the demons. Not only does the Spirit mark us or seal us as God's own possession, he is a type of down payment or earnest money guaranteeing that God will finish what he began in our lives. Philippians 1, 6. When we are born again, we receive the first installment of our great salvation. This part of our salvation might be called justification and is based on Christ's past finished work on the cross. After being born again, we begin a daily process of being transformed so that our thoughts, words, and actions come into greater conformity with what is already true in our spirits. Some call this sanctification. It is a process requiring fresh grace or help from God moment to moment. The last installment will happen at the resurrection when our Adamic bodies will be transformed into new spiritual bodies that will never die. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 49. Ephesians 1:14 tells us that the Holy Spirit is given as a pledge to those who were purchased by God and who now belong to him. God purchased us by using the precious blood of his son. We no longer belong to ourselves. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. To conclude, our wonderful salvation consists of three parts that work together to convince us that we indeed have been forgiven, saved, given eternal life, and belong to God. 1 John 5, 7, and 10 read it this way. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The blood is the price paid for our salvation. God the Father chose us from before the foundation of the world to be his children, Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. He sent his son Jesus to die for our sins, shedding his precious blood in the process, which was the price paid to satisfy the wrath of God against our sins, provide forgiveness, allow Christ's righteousness to be given to us in a great exchange, reconcile us to himself, give us eternal life, and make us his children. The water refers to our declaration of faith and allegiance to Jesus, our Lord, which takes place at water baptism. 
God declared his love for us by sending his son, John 3.16. We declare our love for him by confessing him before men. This confession agrees with what God did for us through the blood of his son. The spirit is God's seal of ownership in our lives, which inwardly testifies that we belong to him. He is the source of life and all blessings we have in Christ. He lives Christ's life through us, something we could never accomplish on our own. When we put our faith in Christ and his finished work, confess him before men and receive the spirit, these three things work together to convince us that we belong to God, have eternal life, and that God will indeed raise us from the dead as he promised. And I'll conclude by reading to you 1 Peter 1, 3-5 from the New Living Translation. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with this great expectation that we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. God bless you.